the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Another day, another big hit on Wall Street. It's starting to feel a little bit grinding as we're moving from a correction. Next stop, bear market. A correction is something that we go 10% down from the highs, and we tend to get back to those highs four months later. A bear market means we go down 20% or more from highs, and it takes almost two years to get back to where we want to be. So we're dealing with that. The coronavirus is going to become a pandemic is the assumption. Maybe it's the worst case scenario. But no matter what, we're a month away from being in the clear. It looks like it's a really nasty flu or virus, but not as bad as SARS. The CDC has some recommendations, which I highly recommend you go check out cdc.gov. They said go get two months of medicine. They said get some cleaning products. They said be ready to be a shut-in if you need to be. Now, that's kind of scary, right? And that's what's kind of driving the market right now. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Money, investing, and more. Um, Corrections are a good opportunity for me to buy stocks that I want. Taking a look at some of my favorite stocks, and I own a lot of these. Apple is at 258. It was at 330. Not that long ago. Do you think I like it at 260? I do. Am I going all in at this point in time? I'm not. I want to wait till you can see the white of their eyes. Yesterday we had volume that was crazy. Today we're already 17% of head of where we were yesterday at this time. So the momentum's picking up. It's getting a crescendo. I'm sticking by my guns and saying I'm not buying on Fridays because I think news over the weekend probably gets worse before it gets better. With that out there, what else do I have to really tell you? Let's take a look at the markets. I get up earlier in these type of environments than regular. When things are tougher, I work harder because I want to buy. If I were to have to put a finger on it right here, right now, I would say something along the lines of, I would go 25% in. If I wanted Microsoft, if I wanted Apple, if I wanted Visa, if I wanted, you name the company, Nike, if I had $100,000, maybe I'd put $25,000 to work. If I had $1,000, maybe I'd put $250 to work. But again, I think Monday might be our day. We'll see later today. Do we rally into the close or do we sell off? Dow down another 900 points. Down 973. Woo! It's 
It's down 3.7%. This is going to be kind of interesting because now we also are going to see the elections on Saturday. Does something like this help Bernie Sanders? Does it hurt Bernie Sanders? When you're starting to say things like universal health care and pandemic, you're like, that's probably a good idea. But does it help? Does it hurt to have wealth created or wealth destroyed? Will it alter the showings? Will people come out to vote on Saturday or will they say, hell no, I'm not getting in big crowds of people. So I would stay away still from all leisure investments. I saw Hilton was moving higher today. That makes no sense to me. Spring break's coming up. Summer vacations are coming up. And I'm not even thinking about traveling until this pandemic thing. Only because I don't care if I get it and die. I really don't. I'm comfortable with my life. I just don't want to deal with people. Seeing too many surgical masks, just no fun. Not sexy. Hey, look at that. Look at that good looking person on the beach. Wearing a rabbit suit. Rabbit suits are the things that Intel uses when they're making semiconductors. So the S&P 500 is down 111, down 3.7%. The Dow's down 3.7%. The Nasdaq's down 3.1%. It's just widespread selling. Apple already said today, most of our stores have already reopened in China. Most of our factories have already reopened. But again, this will snowball until it doesn't, and the momentum will pick up. The one thing that, again, keeps driving me on all this is watching where interest rates are going, watching where that 10-year treasury is. Are we comfortable with it and or not? Lots going on. The 10-year treasury, to me, has been a sign of gold's even down today. That doesn't make sense. Gold should be a flight to safety. But I'm not saying that's enough for me to get excited about um, also, if you're going to be, this is a great time to look at your portfolio. I want to hit this pretty hard right now. I have some names in my portfolio that I'm not all that excited about. I'll give you hmm, one, one example. I own shares of Wells Fargo. I really, truly believed that they had put their problems behind them and no more problems have popped up. But they've really never communicated to Wall Street how they're going to get back on track. Wells Fargo once was a dominant bank in the United States. Dominant. Consumers loved them. The mortgage market rocked off of it. I may go home today and sell Wells Fargo. It's a piece of turd. I don't need it. And I may say, okay, at 7, 8, 10, 15, 20,000, whatever amount it is, I may go, I don't mind Apple at these prices or I don't mind Visa at these prices. Um, I'm not going to downgrade my stocks and go, wow, I'd really like snap right now. I don't own any snap. They're not profitable enough. It's just not me. I get it. I get that it can move higher. I get that kids are using the platform. I get that down the road, maybe someone like a Facebook tries to buy them, even though I think that would piss off regulators at this point in time. But I'm not going to downgrade my portfolio. I might upgrade my portfolio right now. If I have a mutual fund that eh, it's just been average, underperforming the market, I may go, okay, let's take a look at my stock list. And right now I'm taking a look at my stock list. Apple down 14 today. Starbucks down a buck 40. That's not a bad one, but again, that's not a good one because people are going to be working from home. So Zoom, Zoom is a teleconferencing, video conferencing kind of company. 
People are working at home. That's good. Netflix, that's probably a good idea right now. Better than Disney, because Disney has the theme parks, and theme parks get shut down when there's pandemics. Um, Then I look at my Nike. Oh, Verizon's a good one. AT&T. Last time I checked, they don't have a lot of Asian exposure, and they have a big fat dividend. So instead of running to the 10-year treasury and getting 1.1%, Run to AT&T and get a 5% yield or a 6% yield. Could it get worse for AT&T? Yeah. But if you're looking for yield and you're really stretching, I could see I could make a case for that. And maybe it's a short-term rental. Maybe just put cash there for three months, get a dividend payment, and then, and then move it back into the, the rest of the market. I don't know. I'm not telling you what to do. Citibank, Bank of America, no, no. So I just look at my list, and again, I could kind of shop through it. Of what I think is going to work and not. Let's see what else is on my list. Qualcomm at 74. That's going to be a 5G play, but I really don't know what the hell's going on in China. So I'm going to, I'm going to pass on those, those you know, semiconductor companies at this point in time. Alibaba, down four. Can't trust anything that's going on in China right now, but kind of hope we can. You know who's really botched this whole process? The World Health Organization. Man, they are behind the curve on this one. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Have a question, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you ever want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Are you scared about the coronavirus? That's fine. Let's bring on Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. Obviously, one of the things you and I talk about on a regular basis is that 10-year treasury. And I think I called you Wednesday, and I said, this is about to get worse. In large part, because the 10-year treasury is just stuck at 1.3. And it's like, I needed to get back to one five one six to say, buy the dip. And it, it went lower. And the yeah. markets went lower, and it's going lower again today. Where are we at today? A uh, 10-year treasury is at 1.17. It's the lowest all time. And uh, I don't think that the analysts can even write articles fast enough to keep up with like the kind of records that we're seeing as far as the money that's going into treasuries right now that's driving the yields down. Um, 10-year treasury means two different things. To me, the stock guy, I buy the heck out of stocks when the 10-year treasury is under 3.5%. But when it's under 1.5%, it freaks me out. And I'm like, okay, when does it stabilize? Because it's whooshing down faster. The drop from 1.5 to 1.1 1, 1 is incredible. That's not like going from five five to five one percentage wise. Yes, especially on a when on a daily basis they're they're looking at like two or three basis points and like ooh that's a big deal like uh, and we've seen you know fifty basis points change um, over the last six months. It's crazy to see the kind of movements. But as far as what, what that translates into is low mortgage rates. Uh, the ten year treasury and, and the yields are kind of the backbone of mortgages. It's all about where money is going. So if treasury is going down, mortgage rates will go down typically 99% of the time, or maybe 95% of the time. So right now we're seeing mortgage rates hitting, they're, they're going to hit all-time lows. I'm, I'm already predicting that just based on what the treasury is doing. It's, it's almost um, 20 basis points lower than the lowest it's ever been. Yeah. Mortgage rates, uh, and that was back in 2012, which is funny because in 2013 when we did hit the low lowest 
mortgage rates ever, according to Freddie Mac, uh, the, the yield was a little bit higher. So I, I expect to see this turn into the lowest mortgage rates we've ever seen. So in my world, a drop from one five to one one, it's like being on a plane. You're playing a little video game. You're playing a little Pac-Man or something. The plane goes from fifteen hundred feet to eleven hundred feet. You're pretty shooken up. It's a free fall. Yeah. If it goes from fifty five hundred feet to fifty one hundred, you're not that bad. You're like you barely notice it. There's plenty of air underneath you in the ground before you crash. So to me, that whoosh down, it, it did scare me in the sense of turbulence. And I put my game down for a second. I, I grab my my armchair, my armrest on my plane, and I, I hold on for a second. And I'm like, okay, I can play the game again. A little white knuckle. I think a lot of people are white knuckling it right now. So I'll probably yeah. get through my nervousness Monday and probably put some money to work. And I go, okay, there's still 1,100 feet beneath us. Yeah. And then the Fed's probably going to start to act sooner than later. So your world, when it goes from 1.5 to 1.1, uh, do you look at like rates that you locked last week and go, oh, or maybe maybe last month? Well, is to be more fair, you know, it's it's last month, even last year, six months ago. It, it, a lot of people were saying, "What can I do to get back in?" You know, just like you talk about how you're going to, you know, let go of that armrest and finally start embracing what's happening and look at it as an opportunity instead of being fearful. Uh, I think people in the mortgage business uh, do the same thing. They're going to relax. They're going to figure out that we are seeing opportunities for people to save money. If you can just say, this isn't, this isn't natural. This is going to happen. Eventually the coronavirus just kind of is, I think is compounding a lot of what's going on uh, with, uh, there were some overvaluations in the stock market. I'm not a stock guy, but I, we do watch the 10 year yield. And when it drops like this, it, it just shows, so many opportunities for people to get a once in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, imagine buying a house. We've had people now that are calling us saying, should I sell my house and buy a new one? I, I really want to lock in this rate because that's funny. The average person buying a house, you could for. say like 30 to 40 years old buys a house at today. They'll be in 65 to 70 years old when that 30 year mortgage matures. So, lock, you know, locking it in, it could be a once-in-a-lifetime deal for people to get the, the lowest rate ever. But I would also caution, on one hand, it could be the lowest rate you ever get. It's the lowest rate ever now. But it could also create a situation where you're running into growth estimates getting cut. And the stock market's priced for growth estimates. It was priced at 19.1 times earnings on February 19th. A couple days later, it's already down to 17.5 times. And that's still a premium to the historical level. So we should go lower from here. Just to get back to norms. Screw coronavirus. Just to get back to norms. We mm-hmm. could and should trend lower as far as valuations, which would cut a lot out of the stock market, which could cut a lot of wealth out of the, the area, which could cut maybe someone can't afford to buy the home that you just bought in 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah, I think that's the, the math, too, is is how how is this translated into home price for people? Um, can you afford, actually, if this does continue, and if it does have uh, ramifications for the real estate market, which a lot of experts think it will not, uh, any corrections that we have, a bear market might be a little bit different, but uh, a lower interest rate does translate into higher purchase price. So we actually could see, if we see a rebound, let's say it is Monday, uh, we could see home price and rates stay where they are, or at least moderately where they are. We could see home prices continue going up because of the demand to get in, lock in this low interest rate environment and buy houses. And there's be, just be more people looking for houses. Good stuff. So you see activity pick up when things get a little crazy. Crazy, yeah. Okay. It's, it's very busy. It's interesting because the volatility on Wall Street picks up, and there's something called the VIX index, which shows you how like more tense people are. They're like 
buying and selling, buying and selling, the volatility kind of picks up. Um, so my industry picks up too. A lot more volume. Um, talking about interest rates in the Fed, would it help or hurt you if the Fed were to cut interest rates right now? And by you, you're representing real estate on the show. You're representing wow. homeowners. Um, I think it would. I think it. It, it depends on what kind of. Are you a buyer? Are you somebody who's been in your house for a long time? Are you somebody who's barely making a buy by owning a house and running up credit card debt? Somebody who has a lot of debt, the Fed rate cut would help them a lot. And it might make them feel more comfortable uh, owning their house, maybe paying or paying off some of that debt with like a refinance, which we are seeing, uh, you know, half the people right now are taking cash out and paying off high credit card debt. Uh, Some other people are paying off equity lines because even though the Fed may drop the rate a quarter percent, for example, that still puts the prime, it puts most of your rates in the upper fours, maybe even 5% for most equity lines. So people are avoiding equity lines right now, or they're cashing, they're, they're, they're refinancing and paying those off because low interest rates uh, on the 30 year are much, much lower in some cases, two points lower. So can it help? Yes. But I think that, um, the underlying mortgage rates are a lot more powerful in my opinion, uh, to the, to the average homeowner. Now a buyer on the other hand could go, okay, that helps my monthly debt because more credit card rates could go down. My auto loans could go down. Furniture loans rates could go down. It, it does have, kind of a trickle-down effect, but I think mortgage rates are much more powerful. You're borrowing much more. To get your calls on the air today, if you're a little concerned about what's happening on the markets, call 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. You're going to probably see in the next, I want to say, three to five days, central banks around the world start to do something. And I think you'll see the Federal Reserve get involved if this drop keeps dropping. Dow's down 940, NASDAQ down 228, SP 500 down 100. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Find Tony at bayarealonesource.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Well, this year just got more interesting this week, huh? You wanted a little excitement, like it used to be like the Dow's down 2% buy stocks. NASDAQ's down 2% buy more. It's just going higher. We're melting up. We're melting up. Well, that call is over. It's a little bit tougher now, is it not? And it's a good thing. I do my best work when people basically get clobbered because I start seeing things a little bit that they don't. The Dow's down 943 points right now. That's a big number. But you know what? Percentage-wise, it's not that bad. What were we up last year? 20% on the stock market? We're down 9% this year? 10% now? For the year? We've had a 10-year bull run. All things must end. Is that not a common phrase that you've learned again and again and again in your life? All good things must come to an end. And it's normal and it's healthy. Now, again, to jump straight from a correction to a bear market, which it looks like we're doing, it sucks. Because you're like, if I had known, if Rob had sent out the memo last week, I would have sold everything. It doesn't work like that. Panic is starting to set in. It's going to be fascinating to watch the primaries this week in South Carolina and then Super Tuesday on Tuesday. Super Tuesday on Tuesday. Duh. I can't speak English. 
Consumer spending is slowing in January. Guess what? That's going to slow more. I'm not one. I tend not to like people, so that's good already because I don't like to go to a lot of concerts. I don't like to go to a lot of gatherings. But now it's like double. Now I don't want to do it because if I do go to like a concert, I'm going to see people in surgical masks and it's just going to make me angry. Surgical masks don't prote- Well, I'm not going to say this because it's kind of loosey-goosey science. But you're supposed to wear the surgical mask if you have a communicable disease, not to prevent getting a communicable disease. And didn't now next year are we gonna have record levels of flu shots in America? Are we finally gonna wake up to science? I don't know. Tony Mendez, Bay Area Good morning. Saw something kind of interesting um, in Fortune magazine. I'm not sure if you saw this. There was a great article about can San Francisco be saved? Mm. And ultimately, it's saying that the housing costs and the deteriorating livability. They have a new state uh, prosecuting attorney. Uh, DA, that is, uh, he said that when he takes office, he's not going to prosecute prostitutes or public urination. So that's pretty interesting to me, basically saying we got, we got bigger things to, bigger fish to fry. And I get it. But if I'm living on a street that gets got a lot of public urination, a lot of hooker solicitation, well, one might be worse than the other, but you get the idea. It's not exactly the greatest place to raise a kid. Yeah, yeah, I mean, throw in the whole, you know, um, they aren't going to prosecute under $1,000 crimes or they're going to reimburse people's windows that get broke, you know, their cars that get broken into. There's some um, interesting things that are happening in San Francisco that make it difficult for you to go, I want to buy that $1.6 or $2 million property. Condo. Condo. Right. Um, you know, 1,000 square foot place um, just so I can live downtown. Uh, it's not, it's lost a little bit of the culture, I think, is what... Um, what I think a lot of people are saying, and it's a little difficult to really wrap your mind around it. That's, you know, we look at the whole Bay Area as, a, you know, one kind of living organism, and people have been moving to the East Bay and to the peninsula. Try to buy uh, like a, a single family in the in the peninsula right now. People are, it's outrageous. Um, so what's interesting about this is businesses, I think, are going to drive the next move in housing prices. Maybe not as much as interest rates, but a lot of businesses right now are starting to throw some backlash at San Francisco. And I bring this up because this could be your hometown. This could be my hometown. This could be in New York City. This could be in Washington, D.C. When companies leave, housing leaves with it or premium pricing leaves. So right now we're seeing Stripe. They're a tech payment company. Charles Schwab, they both have announced they're moving their headquarters out of the city. McKesson, which does drug distribution, pulling out of the city, their HQ. They're going to Texas, a much more tax-friendly state. Oracle World's pulling out. If more and more of this happens, there's not going to be the taxes, and it just becomes a problem of your house might go down in value due to the fact that corporations aren't there. Like The best thing about my house, I'm within five miles of Facebook, five miles of Oracle, five miles of, um, who else am I, Apple. So I'm I'm right freaking fracking there. And when I sell my house, there's going to be someone who works at one of those companies who says, I'm 10 miles from work. I could be five miles. I'll take his house kind of thing. So we do have to pay a little bit of attention to that, especially in the coronavirus. If if businesses start saying, you know, we don't want to be in San Francisco, that could affect the whole Bay Area. Yeah, a lot of that, what you're seeing is ha- has already been happening um, to, the, to San Francisco for a long period of time. We've seen that uh, as a... 
as we watch people kind of migrate to the East Bay and to the peninsula uh, and watch places like Oakland uh, become one of the top growing cities in the United States. It's um, I, And that's a double-edged sword because people in Oakland are like, oh, I'm watching my home value go up. Meanwhile, there's buyers that are saying, you know, this is where I need to live or want to live, but I can't afford a home here anymore. So... I think we, if you continue watching that kind of pulse on the Bay Area, I think we're going to, you know, and, and then you look at San Francisco and say, what's the desirability now? Can we see a dip in home prices? And I think you could. Uh, I still think a lot of people want to live there. It's incredibly convenient and to be there, and it's difficult to get there. Um, you've seen the trains. They're packed. The, the traffic is, you know, 45 minutes to an hour from anywhere in the East Bay to get in, into the city. It's expensive. The tolls don't go down. Uh, we've been seeing it uh, continue to push home prices up in other places, regardless of the fact that people still want to get in there. So maybe it is going to eventually pull back out. I, we watch the businesses as well. Um, but you know, places like Sacramento uh, and Reno are seeing a lot of growth because of these cities moving out. I, you didn't see anything on Reno there. Uh, but I talked to the realtor, uh, realtors in Reno. They say they're continually seeing a flow of small and medium-sized businesses moving into the Bay Area. One particular realtor works with um, several uh, a company, a large company, and he has to sign a non-disclosure. He can't talk about what companies, but he can tell you that there are companies moving. So this is happening um, you know, nationwide in many places. You talked last week about how many of the small, the second-tier cities are are the largest growth cities in the United States. This is one of the reasons why. In my opinion, I've got a brother-in-law who's the biggest loser in the world. Hasn't had a job in over five years. He's not the guy who lost all the weight on the TV show. Biggest loser. He's the guy who hasn't had a job in five years. The job market's as good as it gets right now. And with the coronavirus, you're going to start seeing growth estimates come down. And then you know what happens next? People get fired. People get let go. And then people can't afford their mortgage. Um, And I bring that up in large part because this is as good as it gets. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were talking in the employment report. Everyone has a job, wants a job. We're at full employment. We're not seeing as much wage inflation, but we are seeing some wage inflation. But if the coronavirus takes off growth uh, estimates, next thing to happen is people are going to start getting fired. So that's why it's going to take us about two years to get back to all-time highs. In theory, I'm not projecting this. I'm not predicting this. I'm not calling for it right here, right now. That's way too much in real time. But that could affect your industry, and that could actually help you. Because you like transactions, whether someone buys or sells. When there's a seller, there's typically a buyer, and they need financing. Um, but I think people should start. Yeah, pre- people many, should start preparing for the headlines here. Yeah, there's not many realtors that are going to say uh, your home price is going to go down. You're eventually going to have to sell because they have a buyer that's lined up for that house. Um, but in the mortgage business, there, you know, we have. Uh, if somebody's selling, somebody's buying, and that is a you know those are transactions. You know, fortunately, um, you know you look and look at low interest rates as the one caveat, the one saving grace there that you are locking in it, the cheap amount of money. Now we do have people who are a lot more aggressive uh, that are still looking at um, flipping properties and and looking at opportunities like that. But I think the one factor that is going to continue to thrive throughout the Bay Area and large metropolitan areas is inventory. It's it's anemic, um, and it might even get worse if you own a home, Rob. Let's say you refinance and you get 3.1 or 3%. How much more likely are you going to keep stay in that house and you know, then you are going to sell it? So I think more and more people are going to stay in their houses uh, as opposed to um, selling and moving. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Panic mode is full on. Stocks are plunging again as fears mount of the coronavirus turning into a pandemic. I saw last night New Zealand got one of their first cases. So we're doing a pretty poor job of containing. And I think the world is going to have some backlash on China. I do predict that we're going to see a lot slower growth in world GDPs this year. Um, it, because it's going to take time to clean this up. And I think the headlines are, are risky right now on Mondays, i.e. Saturday and Sunday, when there's not a lot going on on Wall Street to kind of digest in real time. So then there's a lot of fear of like, well, I better get out on Friday just in case it gets worse over the weekend. So um, I'm encouraged. I know that sounds awful. I'm still 10 plus years away from retirement. So I feel fine. I don't mind my 401k money coming out this week and buying me things 10% cheaper than they were a week ago. I'm good with that. Um, but let's talk about the people that you're seeing. In a situation like this, and this has happened really fast, so it may not have bled down to you yet. Um, are people losing their down payment because they were in stocks? Are people using their down payment to get more stocks? What's happening with the, the cash in your in your world? Yeah, I've, I've had both sides of that. I have some people who who've, have pulled out and said, you know, I'm sitting on cash. I feel pretty comfortable. But most of the people we hear are, are you know, like, my down payment's down a little bit. You know, it's 10, 15% down. Uh, it does hurt. You know, if you we had a, a client that called, uh, I don't know, about two or three weeks ago. They said their son is graduating college. They have $400,000 down uh, that we're going to give them. And they had it in stocks. And now that's worth three sixty. dollars uh, So, you know, those are the type of things that we're seeing. Thanks very much. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. These are going to be record mortgage, low rates. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Make something good of this correction. Also start having a plan for the stock market. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at NewFocusFinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. For those dads out there who drive their kids to school and dropping them off right now, I'm going to make your life a little bit miserable. Kids, listen to me. There's a good chance school gets canceled. Two weeks off of the coronavirus. Start coughing on your teachers. <coughs> I don't feel so good. Throw water on your face and look clammy. The acting White House Chief of Staff, Mick Mulvaney, acknowledged that the coronavirus is likely to cause disruptions to everyday life, such as school closures. Woohoo! It's a snow day! And it could change public transportation. Whoa. Kids, are you, are you with me? Two weeks off? Let's do it right around Easter, maybe. Make it three weeks. Tony Mendez, that's real-world situations. <laughs> Fed's uh, Reserve Bank of St. Louis President James Bullard said he would back interest rate reductions if it develops into a pandemic. Um, California is still very unsettling with the number of people being monitored. So far, not getting out of hand, but a lot of people being monitored. Last night, we learned another 83,000 people confirmed cases. Deaths top 2,800. Iran's having problems. Uh, South Korea's having problems, and North Korea's having problems. Um, so far in the U.S., pretty good. We do have a decent healthcare system, and every now and then we're reminded of that. Although, last couple of years, we've been cutting the Center for Disease Control's budget, and that's going to bite us in the butt. Everyone, everyone's connected. Everyone's aware. Uh, I think we also practice, um, 
you know, safe handling. Uh, the schools, I think, have been well prepared as well. Um, yet, I don't think they've had any. Uh, I think they, I read a story about how children under nine years old, I think, are haven't really been affected. Um, but I th- also think that's because of the schools. So yeah, it's it's a it's crazy. Um, it's it's definitely changing the mortgage market right now. Um, we, we've, we're busy, uh, but we're, we're also things- seeing a lot more people be creative with the opportunity that's presented to them. And I like that. I really like seeing that those people who are saying, you know what? I see the opportunity. Fear makes the people that I work with poor. They get out of stocks. Fear creates an amazing opportunity for me to buy what people are getting out of fear for you pushes mortgage rates incredibly low. You told me something and I don't even want to think about this right now because my head is so full of everything else. People are converting from a 30 to a 15. Yeah. Like that's a popular thing now because of the rate dive. Well, it, it's it's almost everything. But that's just one example of how you can take a 30-year fixed. And people were very happy with a 3.5 or 3.75 and go, you know what? I can get a sub 3% on a 15-year. I remember the first 15-year I did, it was like it's four and a quarter percent, then that dropped to three and a half, then that dropped down to three, and now it's much, much lower. And people are going, you know, this run the math calculations. I'm going to pay off my house in 15 years. What do I save in interest? And it's a huge amount. When you drop the rate, uh, you know, maybe a point, and you're shortening the term, it's it's huge, huge savings. Um, so I think now is a good time for people to say, what is my mortgage? Should I refi? Should I go from a 30 to a 15 and improve like, for instance, my um, rental property is a 15-year year mortgage, and I, I can't really do much better than that. Um, I don't want to do much different. That's a whole other story, that, and I believe it's going to be one of the biggest markets for the mortgage industry right now is, is investors. Uh, coming out of the mortgage meltdown, uh, you know, we saw home... Um, home ownership dropped to levels we haven't seen for 20 years and investors came out and picked up a lot of these properties. So there's a lot of investors that are sitting with interest rates that are, you know, a point possibly higher than what the rates are today. So I think we're going to see a big push of investors looking at refinancing, possibly taking more cash to buy properties or just, just to shore up their finances to get more cash flow on their properties, especially people who are in, and I sounded a little enthusiastic about that, that are in rent controlled areas where you, you know you can't see your rents go up, but this is might be your opportunity to capture some more profit when those opportunities really aren't there in those rent controlled areas. So I think investing sector is going to boom in the in the short term um, because of this. And if and if you are an investor, I think you should really. I'm looking at mine right investor. now. Real estate investor, yeah. that is. Okay, just making sure. So yeah, I, I hear you. you, you know, I don't want to think about it, but if I could say thirty days later, you'd be saving two or three or four hundred dollars a month. You'd probably do it. And if future Rob comes to, to current Rob, future Rob's two years older, a little bit better looking. He's lost some weight, and he comes to me and says, <laughs> a grayer. "Great idea doing that refi." Yeah, I can't believe he did that. And I'm like, I was nervous doing it. I, I did a small segment about it last night. I think, uh, you know, we still run into people. There's like 20, 25% of people who just don't like doing the transaction. It, it, I'm just telling everybody, it's gotten a lot easier. Uh, we can pull, you know, sometimes incomes without even, um, you know, getting documentation from you. We can, you know, sometimes there's appraisal waivers. Everything's electronic, all your signatures, except for your final um, documents. And sometimes a letter here and there. But it's gotten easier. And... Um, People who haven't done a transaction in a while are kind of used to what it used to be like. And now it's a lot easier. So uh, for me, even even I, myself, I just don't want to do it, but I know that it can save you money. I jokingly say, maybe it's not a joke, that my wife is on the five-year plan. <laughs> Every five years, I need a new one. And she always is forever 25. 
it's my way of improving my wife and stopping her from age. Um, it's a, a role that many, many, many women have been sought like after. Leasing a car. Some people think it's great. You know, same thing with the stock market. When there's a correction or a bear market, and they're very normal and they're very healthy, they've happened fifteen plus times in the last sixty years. Um, it's time to improve. So in in a stock market correction, it creates people getting a little fearful, driving the VIX up, lowering the 10-year treasury, which kind of gets passed into your world. People should be upgrading the, their finances at this point. This is a golden opportunity to upgrade your stocks. It's a golden opportunity to get 10, 15, 20% off some of your favorite names or indexes. It's a good way to save three, four, five hundred $500 on a mortgage if you go from a 30 to a 15 or maybe you just get into your, like I said, future Rob's going to come back to me and tell me a good job. <laughs> and you should have done it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of that. Plug yourself. you got about 30 seconds. Uh, we do scenarios. We love them. Uh, we can do very quickly. You can go to our website, bayarealonesource.com. You can submit to several different emails, info or Tony or Gordon. Uh, any of those emails, you can send us a scenario. We'd be glad to look at it for you. And you work with Gordon Hines, the heir to the Hines <laughs> fortune. <wish>. Not Hines <laughs> ketchup, the Hines. Uh, Hines yeah. H-I-N-D-S. It's not as good as the Hines ketchup fortune, no. but it's not bad either. So it's people fine. can find you at BarryLoanSource.com. If you have questions for me, next hour I'll be sitting in with CFP Chad Burton talking about the stock market, talking about the correction. You can find me at NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Great time to improve your finances. I know it's counterintuitive. But that's what we're working with here, getting you to retirement. I'm Rob Black.